Hey everybody, thanks for coming to another episode of Adventures in Angular. I am the host, Aaron Frost, with Hero Devs and NG Comp. Today on our panel, we have traveling through Europe, Brian Love. Oi, hello. Oi. We have working from the local Bucky's. We have Alyssa Nichol. How did you know? <laughs> and we have Jennifer Wadella from home. Yes. I'm from Berlin, bitch. Berlin. Yeah. I'm here for NGD. NGD. All right. My bad. Maybe for my intro, I was going to be like, oi, I'm not Aaron. <laughs> oi. Oi. One day when I'm not here, Jennifer, you have to host the whole show. <laughs> okay, I will like, do that. Yeah. And I will like, I will embrace my inner Aaronisms and I'll like pencil on like a little, yeah. like I'll, I'll use like an eyebrow pencil and pencil on like a little, little beard here. Just channel like your inner Warcraft 2 dwarf voice and like, <laughs> Pre or post Mormon. I love, I love that. That's how you see yourself. <laughs> that's that voice, oi, because that's what it was, right? Oi, laddie. Some people know. They'll remember. Some people will remember. This episode is sponsored by Sentry.io. Recently, I came across a great tool for tracking and monitoring problems in my apps. Then I asked them if they wanted to sponsor the show and allow me to share my experience with you. Sentry provides a terrific interface for keeping track of what's going on with my app. It also tracks releases so I can tell if what I deployed makes things better or worse. They give you full stack traces and as much information as possible about the situation when the error occurred to help you track down the errors. Plus, one thing I love, you can customize the context provided by Sentry. So, if you're looking for specific information about the request, you can provide it. It automatically scrubs passwords and secure information, and you can customize the scrubbing as well. Finally, it has a user feedback system built in that you can use to get information from your users. Oh, and I also love that they support open source to the point where they actually open source Sentry if you want to self-host it. Use the code devchat at sentry.io to get two months free on Sentry's small plan. That's code devchat at sentry.io. So, you guys know how sometimes you don't use the internet for a day? Or like three? Yeah, a couple yeah. sometimes, right? Like life just happens. Maybe you're traveling to Berlin and that's a long flight, right? Or yeah. maybe you have like a horrible habit of just dropping off. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe, you know, maybe you're a parent and life gets cray. Maybe you're traveling through, like you're doing a dream vacation in Europe and you don't have the internet, right? Like, we all, we all know what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then you get back online, and, and you're like, what the? Like, what? Like, what about? happened when I was gone? <laughs> like, the stock market's down 800 points. There are six new JavaScript frameworks. There's six new JavaScript <laughs> Everyone who you like just got, like, burned on Facebook. Reamed. Reamed. That's what happened this week. This is kind of a tough week for the old JS community. It was. It was. And can can we just say it can happen to any of our frameworks, to any of our communities. Like, we are not immune. And it makes me sad and it hurts my heart. Yeah, I think that's a good point because some people were like, oh, I'm so happy to be part of the Angular community versus whatever community. It's like, whoa, 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 wait a second. Like, we're all people and things happen. Yeah, like there's some there's some immune community out there. <laughs> it's definitely not the case. It's yeah. called Schvelt. Oh wait, <laughs> it was not here. <laughs> you know, I smelled it for the first time. And how was it? Sorry, uh, mini sidebar. Mini sidebar. <laughs> was it awesome? It's pretty similar to like Angular and Vue, to be honest. It's not. I agree. I honestly, I look at all the frameworks. And I'm like, they're all so similar. Something funny. <laughs> it's very, it's very like you have to be reactively programmed to use it, which is fantastic. 
Okay. Really interesting. Okay. None of the other frameworks forced you to. It, it's right. Cool. Okay. Cool. Anyway, yeah. So, so let's go. back to community. <laughs> I was sad this week. I, I turned on the Twitter on. I've been good at like going home on Saturday, Fridays, and be like, "Oi, laptops going in the office." And I and then I I, I go to work on Monday, and like my laptop's still in my backpack because I need to pull out. I've been good at that lately. And Boy. I come I come to work Monday mornings, and like crap happened. Anyway, that happened this weekend, and I was sad. My Monday was kind of kind of torn apart because of just. Knowing, knowing that that many people got hurt, yeah, it was largely misunderstandings on on both multiple sides. Kind of, yeah, especially because in, in Angular community, which is the one I spend the most time, I've seen not on that scale, but I've seen things like this happen, and it, it's it's tough, you know, innocent people who made mistakes, and I've done them, but you make mistakes and um, you offend people, and then they get offended back, and your best apologies yeah. aren't good enough, and. And, and and all you you know I don't know like it just it just it spirals and there's and there's sometimes where you're like I have no way of fixing what's happening right now like, you know what I'm saying yeah so is that our topic today yeah I think I think yeah. it should, I think it'd be good because we, we should have, address the elephant in the room you know yeah I think people are people are thinking about it, right in the community I'm not, I know I'm, I know we're not the only four yeah so let's talk about the community I mean if if someone said to me right now wait what are some things you've done? Have you ever made people upset unintentionally? I've done that more than probably anybody. Like I do it a lot, you know? And um, so, yeah, I, I felt for everyone kind of involved. And, and I felt for everyone involved, yeah. Have you guys ever, have you, have you guys ever done anything like that? Oh, hell yeah. Alyssa, uh, no? No, I, I have, I'm trying to think of specifics because... <laughs> No, I have. <laughs> what about you, B Love? I remember one one occasion when I like I became a programmer like professionally like ten years ago, and I made a stupid, stupid mistake against somebody I respect in the community, and they basically like shot like they wrote a blog article about why I was a dick, and like they didn't. Oh know. no! I literally I remember like on my couch the whole weekend, just like of like. My life is ruined. Like, oh my gosh, what did I do? And I, it was totally, and I felt like it was innocent, but they called me out in a huge way on a popular blog. And I was like, oh man. So, I when just, they call you out, how did you react? Like, were you like, no, they're wrong? Or did you feel like, no, they're right? And I'm really sorry. Like, how, how, what was your I, kind of take? I think I kind of did maybe what some of the other people did this last weekend. I shut down, man. I literally was like, like so i messaged them afterwards like a day later and i was like this was not what my intention was so it was this guy had this like auto completer where you could search for like bugs and stuff or whatever like 15 years ago and i realized that as you type it in it like tracks everything that you're like typing in and i kind of mentioned to him like oh this isn't a great idea because anybody could put anything into this search term and then it's going to like show up and so I like whatever. I don't even remember. Maybe I blogged or tweeted about it, and then other people caught on to it and were saying bad things. And like it would get stored in this search term, and all of a sudden, like I was to blame for everything bad that had come of this. The world was good until you taught it to be bad. Yeah, yeah. That was that and, was not going to happen until you made it happen. Yeah, exactly. And then people were like, "Oh, this is really funny." 
and like put like swear words and all this kind of stuff in it. And all of a sudden, like now I was to blame for like all this junk, right? And the person who wrote this open source was like super pissed at me because I, I had kind of like, they were maybe right. I should have told them like privately instead of like put it out there publicly. Like, oh, if you do this, you know, yeah. it'll do that. So, but I remember like, I felt like shit. <laughs> Like, I mean, I was like, I couldn't believe that somebody I respected said things, you know, and was like, hey, you screwed me over publicly. And I was like, dude, I'm so sorry. So it was tough. It was a hard weekend. What did you learn? I learned, I guess, first of all, if you discover any sort of bug in somebody else's application or something, like you tell them privately, you don't like, you know, you don't put it out there publicly. And maybe you do the best you can to like have a sidebar with somebody you know, in the, in the greater context of like our discussion here, like you don't need to put everything that you feel on Twitter. I mean, I'm just going to say that, you know, maybe you go to them and say, hey, you know, that thing you said or that thing you did kind of offended me or I didn't feel right about it. And you have a private conversation first. And I think that's what I learned was you don't have to air everything out in the public forum. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's true. You know, I've, I've had a lot of these... <laughs> foot and mouth scenarios where I'm dumb. Like, I wish I was like Alyssa where it's like, oh, I, I, I can't think of anything, you know? I'm really surprised that you think you have so many examples because you seem so thoughtful Dude, to me. Brian can name like 10 and we've only known each other for like... <laughs> no, no, I can't. So, <laughs> only like eight, seriously. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, like there's... Uh, we make uh, mistakes. It's okay. You, you know yeah. I mean? That's part of being in a community. I think the more you help, the more you're in those scenarios to be misconstrued too, right? Like Jennifer, you help in a million different meetups. Like I'm guessing you have a lot of these scenarios. I have so many of these scenarios and it's something I've thought about deeply because, you know, running a community for six and a half years, like obviously I make a lot of mistakes and... I would say something, and it could be as simple as like a request in a one-line email and could manage to offend somebody on, on a team like that. And it wasn't, I wasn't being harsh or inappropriate, but it was the way that it came off. And the thing is, when you are exposing yourself in a community setting to that many more people and circumstances and ways those people were raised and life experiences, that's that much more difference of how people can interpret what you say and what you do. And it's really easy to do exactly what Brian did, which is like basically like self-destruct because you have to understand that as humans, like predisposed to resist criticism, like that is biological in us, that if we are criticized, that means we're going to get rejected from the herd and we will die because, you know, we used to be like groups of of humans for survival. And so that's built into us. And so that fear of criticism and fear of rejection is like very, very strong. And it's easy to, you know, attack people who don't respond well to getting told that they did something to hurt somebody. But that is a learned self to be able to take that information of what you did wrong and what harm you caused and then learn how to understand that you are an imperfect person, that everybody makes mistakes. And the only thing you can do is be more conscious about your actions moving forward and be more aware and continually build on that information. Because unless you're psychic, you will offend somebody somewhere somehow. And it's just important to be cognizant of that. And instead of shutting down or or getting abrasive, just say, what can I learn from this? How can I not beat myself up? And how can I be a better person moving forward? I've thought about this a lot, clearly. Yeah, it's hard not to. I think, you know, when you're standing at the front of these communities, um, and especially because you care about them so much, you know, like like you don't start a, an organization called 
coating with cupcakes unless you care about it right like that's you obviously care about that and like you don't you don't start a lot of these things unless you're like it's a thing that you're passionate about and when you're passionate wow now all of a sudden it's not just a business compromise it's not just a business commitment now it's like uh it's a personal, it's a personal relation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and the shade tweets that coating your cupcakes gets, it's hilarious. People yeah. get they so get, pissed about that. Why do they get the shades? Oh, because it's pink. And that means girls can really get into things pink, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yes, sweetie, if you're like at the fucking 100 level, if you're like way deeper in diversity and inclusion like I am, you understand the gender constructs we're, we're trying to fight against. And sometimes that means like going with the flow to get her. Yeah. Anyway, like that gets shade tweeted every so often. I'm like, I don't have the energy to fight with you people on Twitter. I, I I mean among the many, I one time had got shade for the pink. I was trying to shame. I was trying to at the first NG Conf, we're like, hey, we have limited tickets. We have some tickets though. We're setting aside for women in tech. Like these tickets are great. Like if you're a woman in tech, come buy some one of these tickets. And then I was like, because I know guys like me, and I'm like. What I don't want is guys like me to go have their wife buy the ticket and then they go to the conference with their wife's ticket. Like, and I so I was like. Listen, guys, don't don't get it in your head that you can buy this ticket under your wife's name and come. I was like, we're gonna we're these tickets have pink lanyards, so we'll know. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, we'll know <laughs> if you are there. <laughs> we will know. We will see you in the hallway. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. That's amazing. But because we said they will have pink lanyards, I mean, really, the color was arbitrary. It, it was a stupid choice for me to say pink. It, uh, it was at the beginning of some of my DNI education, I guess, I be like making people feel more welcomed. And so I didn't, I didn't understand how, what I was saying, how that was going to be so polarizing after I did. And I learned it in not a safe way. It was tough. It was a learning experience. And um, I think that's one of my weakest points, like socially is that I'm so oblivious because even now when Jennifer was talking about using pink, I'm like, I don't get it. I don't see the problem with it. And like, does that make me a bad female developer? I don't understand. Like, it's sometimes so complicated and it hurts my brain because I feel like I'm really simple. I'm just like, wow, I like pink. Like, well, it's, it's like <laughs> weird because I think some people would say, Alyssa, it's fine for you to have that opinion that pink is fine to say for women. And other people will say, Alyssa, you've been conditioned. <laughs> and they're not wrong. They're not wrong. Like, I actually agree with that opinion. Other people will have... Other pieces, it's like, so you just get out of the internet, though, and you get into the communities, and, and there's so many diverse, distinct opinions that you really can't please everybody. And it's, hey, you like pink for one? Okay. Hey, you don't? Cool. Like, that's cool, too. Um, don't get mad at each other over it. Like, I think it was okay to get mad at me because I'm like, I, mean, I don't know. I, did, I innocently did it, but I, I, we, I you know, I'm, I was enforcing this bad thing, and, and so I think it was okay to... By I don't know. It's, it's just weird. I-, I always try to base the things off of intention. And my husband tells me that you can't do that because even if you didn't intend to murder somebody, they're dead, right? Like, so there's, there's times when you overstep or you do something wrong and it doesn't matter if that wasn't your intention. You still have to like own up or you still have to be aware of that. And so I, I struggle with that. Matters. Like, like in law, like let's say I accidentally kill someone like that's that's called manslaughter that's not first degree murder like they're, they're totally different right it's so yeah intentionality is a big like totally matters i think but you are still convicted of a crime right i mean whether it's it's it is, everyone 
yeah, it's right? different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I think what we're all kind of saying is like intentionality certainly certainly matters, but your actions also matter as well. And sometimes, yeah. even though your intentions don't match up with your actions, sometimes like you get into this place where you made a mistake, whether you knew it or not. And where do you go from there, right? Okay, now what do I do? I did this. I didn't mean to. Like, how do, I, how do I respond to this? Like, in a community setting, like whether it's our community or another technology community, like, what is the what road do you take from that point forward? Because mine is always to shut down and to kind of disappear. And I don't know. I that's right. I don't know either. Yeah, I. As long as like things are pretty level headed. My first reaction is profuse apology because, like, just, I just sorry. Didn't I hate. You. I hate that I've hurt people, and yeah. I know I'm a bull in a china shop sometimes. And once I calm down after the fact, I'm like, ah, man, I did that, and yeah. I feel bad. You know, I think a lot of us do. Yeah, same here. And as long as as long as it's safe, I'm just like in a full apology mode. Even if like my actions and my intentions matched, if someone interpreted it differently. I, it's just you go to apology mode, right? Because it doesn't matter the message you wanted to send. What's important is the message you did send. You know, you could want to send something fantastic, but if you said something bad, you got to own that, right? If you're going to grab a microphone and talk to people, you own the message, whether you meant it or not, right? So right. You own fixing it when you make mistakes. Well, right. and I think a big part of that too, like with the apology is what people want to hear is that you understand that you're not just, you know, giving, giving lip service because you want to get out of a situation, but to truly understand why did what you did or you said caused harm. So you are aware, understanding the impact it has on other people and can be more conscious about that moving forward. I think that's a key part of an, an apology or, or what should um, constitute an apology in a community focused situation. I agree. I, uh, my number one concern is always, um, just letting someone know, oh, man, that was that's on me. I own it. Even when I don't understand what I did, I can clearly see I hurt you. And that's my number one concern. More than understanding, hey, what could I have said different? Or are you sure you heard me right? Like more than that, it's just like, wow, this person on the other side from me is really hurt. And I did that, you know? It's tough though. I, I do sometimes get weird at by like when I see other people, though, I feel like there's, and I'm sure I'm guilty of, I'm, I feel like sometimes there's a lot of half apologies that go on, though. Like, yeah. people are like, eh, my friends are cool with it, but some people weren't. So I guess, I'll, I mean, I feel bad. Cough, cough, react week. I, I feel bad that, um, you know, what I said made you feel this way. Yeah. You know, and, and that's not an apology. That's just. Uh, yeah, and that's like borderline gaslighting. How do you fix that? Like, instead of saying, I'm sorry, I made you feel this way, you say, I'm sorry, you feel this way. I don't. Well, so you know how politicians <laughs> talk and they're like, they, they'll never say I did something. They'll be like, well, this thing happened. I forget. It's like the, um, there's a, a language term for it. Give sense or something like that. And so instead of taking ownership of your action, saying, I'm sorry, I caused you to feel this way. The inappropriate one is, oh, I'm sorry, you feel this way in response to what I say. So you're putting the emphasis on them and their feelings are in the wrong versus you and your words being in the wrong. Does that make sense? Okay. That absolutely makes sense. I mean, that's something I learned in marriage counseling, to be honest. Like (laughs) when you say like, I'm sorry that like, that's the way you feel like now it's their problem. Yeah. Right. It's, it's it's not what you did. It's it's how they feel about the situation. Yeah. yeah. And it gets even 
worse when when a guy says it to a girl because now you're implying that she's emotional and like it has like all sorts of additional oh, it can just unravel yeah. it. that like it just makes it 10 times more hard to dissect what you actually meant like are you being sexist or are you really just doing the thing that people like it just it just makes it even harder so there's just like multiple reasons why you can't say i'm sorry that my my actions made you feel this way like the correct response is hey I did this and I understand that I hurt some people and I'm apologizing for that. That's, that's the apology. Right. And if you're like, Hey, I talked to some people and they thought what I said was fine. Leave that out of this part of the conversation. (laughs) So besides apologizing, do you all have tips for just avoiding getting in these situations in the first place other than Um, like thinking? (laughs) <laughs> so I I don't think you can avoid it because like people are so different and their their emotions and their reactions and their responses are so different. And I think part of like if you're ever in a community facing role or in the spotlight per se, you need to be okay with the fact that something you say might hurt somebody or might get misconstrued to the point that it hurts somebody. And you need to just be able to roll with that if that makes sense. Like I think that's kind of a burden you accept. Like same with having a microphone and being on stage. You are responsible for your words. And I don't think you could ever avoid it, um, but you can be aware of it. And when the when things happen, learn and grow from it. That's I like my that. Anyway. I like that because I feel like there's been a lot of situations where not only like online, but like in person at a conference, I checked out because I was afraid that the conversation would go there. And so I literally just didn't have the conversation or I just didn't interact with that person because I was like, that ah, seems like a hot topic. I'm going to walk this way. And I don't like living life by avoidance. Like uh, if something that might happen, I, I don't know. I, I would like to be better at it and not just disappear. So yeah. I look back and I mean, I, Alyssa, you're sweet. I've done some, <laughs> I've stepped on my, on myself so many times, uh, intentionally and unintentionally. I'll admit it. One of the big lessons, I mean, I, I've learned and um, I don't do it anymore. I don't think. I'm actually pretty good at it now. I used to be absolutely horrible at it. And I think that a lot of what happened this last week should have been avoided if they'd done this. But um, you've heard the term, don't feed the trolls, right? Yeah. I mean, when when you've you've upset someone, a lot of these people that we upset, most of them are legitimately upset. We did something wrong, right? Mm -hmm. In that realm of people that are legitimately upset, we owe them an apology. Most of them are willing to receive that. It's just yeah. it's, it's just how we are. I think most people. I think so. Yeah. Like all, all are like, oi, I appreciate that. Like, yeah, I'm, thanks, I man. still might be upset at a certain level, but you've started me on the path to where we could be cool. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then there's just people who they're just not ready, you know, and they might they're tweet. Talking about you. the people who like light fires just to light fires. That well, yeah, I they're just that. into it. I can't say why they're doing it. I'm not going to pretend. I'm not going to generalize. All I know is that these people... Some people just like to watch the world burn. Yeah. And sometimes anarchy is good. Like, I'm not going to lie. And when you when you have those people coming at you, it's really hard sometimes to be like, ah, turn the computer off, walk away. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let it cool down for a few days before <clears throat> I engage. And I'm not going to engage at that place. I'll re-engage a different place. It's hard sometimes to do that, but it's the right thing to do. You know, if most people are seeing what you're saying, like, just don't feed the trolls. Like the one or two on the outliers who might most need to hear your message sometimes. 
they're the ones you you can least engage with just because your message will get lost there. So I would just say don't feed the trolls ever. Hey, are you working on a complex enterprise Angular application? Angular Bootcamp is an intensive three-day workshop class to learn the basics of Angular through sophisticated techniques for real-world applications. They update the class regularly for the most current Angular, and a lot of the curriculum is also relevant to older versions. Or you can go beyond the three-day class with help from Oasis Digital, the team behind Angular Bootcamp. They can assist your team or launch your project, including scalability, data flow, state management, service architecture, full-stack product design, and a ton more. Or you can contact them for a private class at your location or attend public classes in cities around the U.S. and occasionally in Europe. Online live instructor training is also available at angularbootcamp.com. You know what you can do to get that outrage is like that that bitchy tweet that you start to send back. Copy and paste that, delete it from your inbox and paste it to one of your friends in Slack who, you know, yes. won't share it around. And that way you get it out of your system. Because like, that. yeah, you want to learn how to write. So many times. Like yes. bitchy emails, whatever. Like you get it out I'll of your system. You're like, I'll send it to my husband and he'll be like, hilarious, don't send. <laughs> yeah, don't, do not send. Out of your system, right? Um, but it doesn't cause harm as long as you're doing it like with somebody who's not going to be like, ah, yeah. I'm going to post this. I will say this, even despite having made so many mistakes, I feel like I have a lot of good friends who have saved me from even more. Like friends who create these spaces where they can pull me aside and teach me and be like, oh, hey, man. The thing- no, and that's what I was thinking when you were saying this about you and Jennifer and having more experiences in this. I think it's just because you have more people around you that care about you to either A, point something out or to preemptively tell you something. Like, I think that's what it is. I think that's well, a little part of this discussion. I mean, having somebody that you trust to be able to say, hey, listen, I just want to tell you like, you know, what you said maybe wasn't the right thing or I got your back here. I think that's really important in a community to have that ability to, you know, kind of do that with each other. I want to say that's very two-sided. Um, and I, yeah, and I'll say this about Frosty because like, since I've known him has always come up with this person that said, I'm here to learn and I'm here to grow. And so, you know, creating that kind of persona and letting people know that you are not perfect and you're open to feedback, you have to open that communication for others to come into you. Because I've had situations before where I did something and it blew up really bad and got really, really nasty. And I was completely oblivious. And so one of the things that I've learned to do moving forward is just repeat, repeat, repeat. I am a flawed human being. If I ever do something that causes you harm, please let me know because I'm not psychic, but I want to learn and I want to grow. And so it, you have to take that responsibility on yourself as a community leader or a leader of anything to tell your team, please communicate with me so I can serve you better. Yeah. I honestly, I feel bad sometimes when people create like safe, safe spaces for me to learn because I feel like the things I'm learning, like so many people have known for so long and like me not knowing it for this long is part of the problem. So I feel bad, like, hey, keep letting me hold you back and be ignorant. You know, it's like, but no, but people keep being cool. Like, no, no. Hey, the thing at the place that that you said, um, do it different next time. You know, like, okay, my bad. Even saying I love safe spaces. I like, I also feel bad for asking for safe spaces, but I know how much they've helped me. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Is there something that we could be doing as a community to be like proactive about this kind of stuff or. Yeah. Like to encourage these like side conversations, the DMs, the safe spaces um, over the like 
Twitter fire. I yeah, we don't, just don't toxic. need that. Right? Yeah. I think there's stuff we can amplify. Like I know um, Tatiana posted um, a couple books on a Twitter thread of hers recommending um, books about race. And so people can start to educate themselves. So, you know, they're not having to ask other people in the community um, and knowing where to go and find those resources. And if we can see those and amplify that message to help people learn on their own and then come together to have a bit more elevated discussion, I think that could be productive. Yeah. And just to clarify, uh, Tatiana Mack, Mack, she was one of the people that was kind of in the middle of this. What was going yes. on this last weekend. And yeah, yeah. Um, part of her responses was, hey, here's a list of books if you want to get better at having some of these conversations. And she posts like six books. I'm on the waiting list for all of them at the local library. So like I was frustrated that I all checked out, but go check out her Twitter. She posted, they look like all the reviews were top notch. So they look like really good books. Cool. One of them was why I won't, I think it's called why I won't talk to my white friends about race anymore. And others were, I mean, I just, I, I, I remember. So you want to talk about like, race. So you want yep. to talk about race. Like there's a really good, and her tweet was actually called out. It was like, hey, you know, white people, read one of these books and talk to your white friends about them. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay. good. I'm trying to do, I'm I'll trying to get better out. at these yeah. things anyways. So I was like, all right, I'll go, I'll go check out these books. So there's a lot we can do. You know, especially like a lot of, I didn't agree totally, but a lot of the weird shade being thrown around was that the shade like only applies to Americans, which huh, I'm not saying that that's false, but. I don't know what you mean by that at all. There's quite a bit of non sequitur in the accusations that these problems that happen over the weekend only. In oh. I think in particular, it was aimed in a certain aspect around the current leader of our country and yeah. some of the things that maybe he has said, well, and that has reflected poorly on us as a culture. And that relates. I'm not, I'm not, I really don't want to touch this. Like, yeah. and that and that relates to the JavaScript community. I'm just confused oh. on how they relate. Remember, I called it a non sequitur. Uh, okay <laughs> I, I don't understand the connections like I don't okay, okay. <laughs> but people were seeing sequences and there was like well this and this and this yeah these bad behaviors only apply to americans i was like well you know i don't disagree that, i mean they do apply to us solely though i, I don't know and so i was kind of like whether that's true or false let's say it's false it's still a good opportunity for people from the states to look at it and say, yes. is there any truth in this? Even if it's false, it's a good time to reflect, right? But what if it's also true? You know, like th- there's some things to think about is all I'm saying. And, 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 and I'm certainly not saying everyone who, you know, pledges allegiance to the American flag is, is, is guilty of these things, but it doesn't hurt to think about it. Like, even if it's false, it doesn't hurt to ponder the, 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 the possibility. Am I wrong? Well, and, and there's got to be, so if it is false, there's a reason that this thought is out there, right? So it's got to be founded in something. Some group of people has to have been hurt by something. So it's still worth, like you're saying, it's still worth thinking about and looking into. <laughs> All I know is um, making people feel welcome is so really, important. really important. Yeah. And there's another term I've been hearing that goes beyond welcome. And it's like welcome and then plus. But making people feel like they belong, that's even harder. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's even more important. Mm-hmm. And um, if you hope to build a community where people want to be, they have to feel like they belong. Not just that they're welcome, right? Because like, there's some really bad things in the world that will welcome you, right? And so it's like, it's not enough to be welcoming. It's, it, you got to make a place where people are like, man, I belong here, right? 
like I belong at coding you know, cupcakes for coding or I can't, I'm, I'm burgeoning the name. I'm sorry. I belong at this thing. And um, it's really hard and it's hard to like get out there and try and do it. You know, what's even harder is talking about your emotional connect need to make people feel belong. Hmm. Cause now all of a sudden now you're like talking about it, doing it is one thing. Cause there's not a lot of, like being able to be nailed on the spot. But when you start using your words to describe your feeling, all of a sudden it's like, oh, you, the thing in your brain, you didn't share it right in, in 280 characters. Like you shared it slightly incorrectly. And I'm going to nail you. That's when it's scary. And so talking about it's really, really scary. And to me, and um, one of my friends, Sarah Jones, she was like, Frosty, you have these really intimate experiences with like, helping and like why you care about making people feel welcome and belonging. She's like, I get that you, you feel like you're an outsider because you're like this white guy in, 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 in tech where people are always finger wagging you. He's like, she's like, but you need to start speaking up more. I speak about a lot of things at a lot of places, right? Like I, I'll, someone like, Hey, give a talk about X boom. I'll do it. I'll just give me five minutes before the talk. That's one of the scariest talks to give though is is talking about, hey, be inclusive, show someone you love them, make them feel belong. Like th- those, for me, that's scary. No, I cannot believe that you've started doing them because uh, they terrify me. <laughs> I'm, I, I, I literally, like, I'm scared about it. And so um, I want to kind of pivot off that though. Yeah, please, please. So, so pivoting from inclusive communities is um, you have to know when to exclude people. Hmm. And that takes a lot of strength as an organizer to like give somebody the boot. And I, I know this tweet amused Frosty quite a bit, but um, I, I manage a, a Slack in the Midwest area and it got brought to my attention by my DMs blowing up that there was an individual who had made it into this Slack who had a history of threatening local organizers and like there was a straining order involved, like had harassed these people like two years ago and then popped out of the woodwork. And so like at this point in my community organizing career, that was like no brainer for me. Boot this guy. Like, I'm sorry that you were a jerk, but you don't get to be in my slack. Like, but being able to make that decision to protect other people is a huge part of creating an inclusive community is not being afraid to um, toss people out. A really great article I recommend all the time for people organizing communities to read is called The Missing Stair. And the, the premise of this is uh, some groups will have a missing stare, like that, that person that behaves inappropriately, or maybe the, the person who sexually harasses other people, and nobody really addresses it. Everybody just kind of knows about it. But then the new person comes into the group, and they're like, oh, shit, there's a missing stare. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, we know about that. And so it's kind of this weird thing we have that we ignore inappropriate behavior instead of calling it out or addressing like we should. And for good communities, you you can't tolerate behavior like that. Um, and so... Yeah, um, I'll echo this. You know, it's important to make everyone feel welcome and belong, yeah? Yeah. But there is actually, there's several things more important. And the first one is making sure they're all safe. And I think this is, where, this is what Jennifer's saying is, hey, if everyone's not safe, that all of a sudden supersedes the need to be welcoming. And, and you got to get them safe first. And then we can start addressing situation A, B, C, or D. But getting everyone safe is priority one. Priority two is the other things that I'm, I'm, I'm saying are important. And so, yeah, I mean, and that's hard to do. Like, um, I've shed, I'm a crier. That probably doesn't come as a surprise to some of you. I'm a crier. And when I get, like, 
into a scenario that I care about a lot. Like I go into big brother mode and, and I can't even stop it. Even though I'm like, even though I'm totally poised under the surface and like my thoughts are super clear on the surface, I look like I'm a wreck, but I'm totally like under control. And I know like I'm in, I have my thoughts are contained and I'm going in the right direction, but I just can't hold it back because knowing people aren't safe or that they feel scared. It just, it just, it tears me apart. So getting people safe is the top. I have a thought that in this vein, um, but it's kind of from the other side and I've never publicly shared about it and I'm going to be super anonymous about this, but I was sexually harassed at a conference one time and I was a speaker and it was another speaker and it was so bad that I left the speaker dinner crying and was walking through the city at night by myself alone, crying and trying to get away from the situation. And you know, then I, I was back in my hotel room and there was a really kind, another person, another gentleman at the speaker event who ran to catch up with me and walk me home safely. So he and I are now fast friends, but I, that was the first night I'd met him as well. So, so I got back to the hotel and it was calling my husband and I just kept going over and over in my head. I was like, what did I do wrong? Like what I I was like, I, I was like, I, I feel like I caused this and I don't know if I, I was like, you know, like for like, if I was the reason that this happened and, and he was like, do you hear yourself right now? Like, this is like the, the things that you like try to protect people against. And so after having a really long discussion with him and a rough night, I decided to share with the conference organizers and they ended up handling it, but I never felt good about the situation. Like I, I didn't want this person to be punished. I didn't want them to be called out. I didn't want even though I wasn't safe, obviously, like I left, like fled from the situation, right? Like I still didn't want a a big hullabaloo to happen. And I I feel like maybe there are a lot of people who feel the same way. I don't know if you guys can speak into this, but I still to this day, I mean, this was years and years ago, but like, I feel bad because I didn't want to be responsible for this person getting punished in any way. Like I was, I I don't know. We do not have enough time for me to explain all of this like, because this is a whole like huge gendered issue and the way women are raised and we are raised to prioritize others' comfort over our own safety. That's why sexual assault is so rampant. That's why like so many women have been sexually assaulted, like not enough time in this episode, but that's so fucking common. And at the end of the day, like if people make you uncomfortable, like, and people who sexually harass like that are predators, they know exactly what they're doing. They're pushing boundaries and they will continue to push boundaries. And if you're going to behave like that, like that's on them. It's not on you. And for anybody listening to this podcast, who's ever made, been made to feel that way, don't ever feel guilty. They know what that's they're doing. This was not an accident. They are doing it on purpose and they deserve everything they fucking get. So I agree 110% with everything Jennifer just said. And doing everything that Jennifer said also makes me nervous. And here's why. Because there are people who are some of the sweetest, overly nice people like Alyssa. And I'm nervous that if I'm too good at pushing people out, that the next time someone like Alyssa gets hurt, they won't tell me because they're like, no, no. Frost is too good at the. At yeah, no. If it's if it's too harsh of it, because if I had known it was going to be that big of like a ban hammer, I would. There was you no have way. Said anything? I would know. Uh, no. Oh man. It scares me. Like there's two yeah. edges of the sword, and yeah. in a world where 
I get my way. No, I just smash the hammer as hard as I want to. I'm not me and Jennifer. We both hold the hammer and just smash it, but it doesn't help all the time. It only, it only helps a little bit and it actually potentially can hurt people more. So, um, not, and not the right people. It can hurt the wrong people more. So it can push victims into the shadows further, which is the opposite direction I want the victims to go, you know? And so it's tough, dude. Like it's, it's so freaking complicated. I, mean, I love your perspective though. It's, I mean, I wouldn't oh, have- I'm going to have to like go compile so many resources now. <laughs> I look forward to it. <laughs> yeah. Like I remember I was probably like 24 and like definitely had that same experience where I'd been sexually harassed and like, was feeling really guilty. Like, what did I do wrong? And I finally like read this post by a woman and I was like, oh my fucking God. It was like my hello world moment in feminism where I'm like, I do not deserve fucking any of this. Like, I do not need to put somebody else's like how they feel like some male ego at the expense of my own personal safety. And I'm going to have to go find that article. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I just I- always put myself though in like their shoes. And I think I wouldn't want to be judged that harshly for making a mistake with my words. Like, and so that's why it's it, not a mistake. They're doing it on purpose and we have a good radar and you can tell that's, right. that's why you should read the book, the gift of fear. Like it is built into us. It is biological. It is not a mistake. I, and you know, I, I'm just going to say this. So I, I run a pretty big event and uh, part of the thing I have to do is bring down the hammer. Right. And, um, one of the things that we've done is we've spelled out, hey, this is how this is what happens when something goes wrong. We spelled it out. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we did very intentionally was once the complaint has been put in, we will never, ever ask the person who put in the complaint, hey, we're going to punish this. Is that cool? Like, we don't want the person that complained to feel responsible have- for what happens next. Like, so we Got just, it. hey. Thank you. I got it from here. You're for at this point, you're not responsible. If the next step is an overreaction or an under, it's on my shoulders and I deserve to go. I deserve to take whatever flat comes with that. And when you grab the microphone and stand at the front of a community, that's one of the responsibilities you're grabbing. You know, you're carrying that mantle. And so not everyone's built for that. I am. I mean, I, I can and and I get it wrong a lot, but I do try and make people who had bad things happen, be completely disconnected to the repercussions of, of, of the thing. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I, I would yeah. never be like, hey, thumbs up or thumbs down this. Like, no, I'm not going to, you already felt bad enough. I'm not going to make you carry away guilt. I'm not going to, I'm not going to put victim guilt on you. That would be stupid. So yeah. Anyway, but it's hard. I mean. That's part of your code of conduct, right? Yeah. We're just talking about things that I'm so emotional about, like, yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to make it take such a an emotional dive, but I just wanted to try to give the other perspective because I know there's a ton of people in our community who are super like, this is wrong and we should kill everyone, right? And there's a lot of people I think who are quieter about it um, who I just honestly have the philosophy of, can we all just be friends, please? Like, can we just like, I don't know, like sit in a side room and be like, hey, that was bad. Don't do it again, right? And then, so, but again, maybe that doesn't work. I don't know. Uh, do, do, do it again. Yeah, yeah. I just have the philosophy of, I can't believe this just happened. What do I have to do to make yeah. it happen again? You know, that's, yeah. that's, that's more what I'm looking at. Yeah. Once a year, I have 1,500 little brothers and sisters for three days. And, and, and I just get real protective for a few days. <laughs> <laughs> anyway and 
Brian was there this year. You know, he he knows I make the mistakes too, right? It's not just other people. I'm I'm certainly not just shaming other people. So one of the things that I have as a goal for devchat.tv is to cover technologies that are up and coming, things that we're probably going to have to deal with on a more regular basis in the future. Some of these include AI, VR, and one of them is blockchain. So I reached out to one of the experts that I knew, Gregory McCubbin, and we pulled together a few other people and we've started a podcast called Adventures in Blockchain. So if you're looking at blockchain as something that you may want to work in, something that you're curious about learning more about, or something that you just want to keep current on until you have the opportunity to make a career jump and go over and work in blockchain and crypto, then definitely check out Adventures in Blockchain. You can find it at adventuresinblockchain.io. All right, let's get to the picks. Does anyone want to go first? Nay. I'll pick one. I got to pick. Go to the pond and catch bluegills with your kids. Just go outside and catch little fish and put them back when you're done. Like my kids and I, we went to the pond. We dove in it. Everyone in, in Utah goes to church on Sunday. We went on Sunday. So like the lake was empty. The bluegills were biting. We swam. We had fun. Go be with your family. That's, that's my pick. With your family. Beautiful. Oh. Especially with this upcoming weekend. It's so fitting. My pick will be in the same vein. I was oblivious of the Twitter shenanigans because I was 11 on my four month old and playing video games with my husband. So there's that. <laughs> nice. Be love. You want to go? Yeah, sure. I don't know. Like, so I'm in the middle of like a European excursion and I'm just having a fantastic time with my wife. And so my pick is kind of in the same vein, I think, is get out there and enjoy life. Maybe shut down Twitter for a couple of days if you need to and like literally enjoy things that are not online, like in real life. It's not such a bad thing. But in the in the tech world, I've been checking out this new thing called codeimg.io, which is pretty cool. So if you do any slides... Um, and you've used, uh, what's it called? Carbon.now.sh? Yeah, Carbon, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This new one is called codeimg.io. It's pretty cool. So it's like Carbon, but it's like kind of better and kind of cooler. So I've been using that a little bit lately. And, and I've really like uh, This site can't be reached. You said code.img.io. Uh, codeimg.io. Codeimg. Like code image. Yeah. I'll put That's it in, cool. uh, in the Slack channel. You showed me Carbon. Uh, this looks yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to start using this too. This is like Carbon, but like on steroids. It's super cool. Ooh. So if you're doing slides or you're like you're speaking a lot, this is a great way to do code slides. Like so. Carbon for weightlifters or what do you mean on steroids? No, no, wait, no. <laughs> I didn't say that. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. I'm actually like redoing my slides right now, which you just reminded me because I'm uh, retheming all my slides right now to be uh, Laura Wang inspired. Is anybody familiar with Laura Wang? No, no. Here we um, badass fucking Chinese chick with the umbrella gif. You know what oh, I'm yes. talking about? And now I know what you're talking yes. about. Umbrella okay. gif. Right, right, right. That oh, was bad. Oh, all right. So good. Okay, so uh, her name is is Laura Wang, and she's a fashion designer, and she has been promoting her line, which hasn't even dropped yet, um, on TikTok. And like the second I find out how to buy it when she drops it, I will. But I'm receiving my entire presentation like Laura Wang inspired with all all her gifts. But my pick before that was T Swift's new album Younger, which I had like listened to the entirety of my my last two days driving around Iceland. Weird pairing, but it worked. Iceland. 
Yeah. T Swift, like Taylor Swift, Tay Tay? Tay Tay, yeah. Tay Tay's new album, Lover. And uh, particularly the song The Man is really good, although I also like The Archer. All right, I'm going to go check it out. My, my daughters love it when I come home with Tay Tay, so I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, panel, this was a tough show. There's a lot of opportunities to trip yourself up in these kind of shows, and I, I'm not convinced we didn't make it out without upsetting people. So hopefully, we I can- hope not. Can we like preemptively say it was not our intention to hurt anyone with our opinions or thoughts? And please reach out to us if we did, because I want to know. Yeah. So well said. So well said. Yeah. With that said, I'll just say thanks for coming. Thanks to, to thanks to you guys all for coming. And then um, to the listeners, catch you next time. Peace. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.